0: Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast.
1: We're live, huh?
0: We are ready to go. I see. You're ready.
1: I see that you're recording. Well, all right. (laughs) welcome back to the lighthouse experiment podcast tonight we have a special special guest emily e3 lakey welcome to the show
2: thank you thank you for joining (laughs) us
1: yeah so what we do i mean i i think you've listened from time to time it's just we're going to have a conversation hang out try to put some good content out yeah so hopefully people listen and are entertained or encouraged Or both. Or outraged, whatever.
2: (laughs) Or that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So again, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We've been been knowing each other for a long time. Very long time. And so, Ashley, to give you some context, Emily is the first, my first medic partner ever. So like back in the day, you'd, you'd go, you know, I got hired in the sport. You had to pay your dues in the transfer division. And then finally after... We'd have like these six month shift bids, and like finally, you'd earn your way onto ALS truck on, with a medic as an okay. EMT. In my case, it was because there was some type of altercation between Emily and another coworker. worker. So oh no. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so they took me from the partner I was working with at the time and put me with her, and it was like just to finish out the bid.
2: Okay.
1: So that's. That's how that starts.
2: It was almost an
0: altercation. <laughs> so not technically.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like back in the day, though, with the like the when the girls would get their medic, there was still some old school dudes who like wouldn't bite. Right. Wouldn't buy into that or very like she's just a girl. She doesn't really know. You don't okay. need to do ALS business. OK. I'm the dude. I'm in charge. I mean, EMT for life but I'm going to tell you how it is we're just going to go so <laughs> wow. pretty much sums it up yeah and, and this one can stand on her own just fine and literally didn't need anybody you know telling her that so the rest
0: is history that's awesome that's
2: I think awesome. that was probably but, my moment to stand on my own like from that moment <laughs>
0: forward <laughs> Sometimes we need those moments as uncomfortable yeah. and one un- unwanted as they are, you know, sometimes Absolutely. That, that's the extra little boost that we need, you know? Yeah. It's so, a funny moment so. too. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was funny. Funny for funny me. Funny now
0: in retrospect, I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that was funny then too. I knew the dude. <laughs> so, so tell us like for the listeners and like, there's people going to hear this that know you at, you know, from the road and that's it. But And it's like a lot of the newer modern, I'll say the modern generation EMTs and paramedics that are just coming up now. So what got you started? Like, why did you get into EMS to begin with?
2: Well, I actually never had any desire to be an EMS. Um, I wanted to do just police work. My grandparents wanted me to go to college and a history, you know, study just history, and I tried that for a little bit and said that wasn't for me and I went for a day on the job in high school with AMR with the ambulance and I liked that Mm -hmm. too and it just kind of sucks you in (laughs) I keep hearing that phrase
0: I keep hearing that over and over it does it
2: is it's not a job that you can tell somebody about and they can really understand you have to experience right. it. and I think if I would have never done that day on the job I wouldn't love it as much as right. I do
0: and how old right. were you and then? that's 100 percent true you were, s- were part way through like maybe just a year or I so was a into school. junior junior or senior in high school okay yep so pretty young that's awesome yeah
1: yeah and see so Sarah <laughs> Kern she did the same thing she came and rode with me I don't even think she had graduated. I think she might have even, we had to like alter some paperwork. <laughs> I think she was only 16 when she rode with me. Oh, wow. And kind of the rule of thumb is like be 18. And then, so we had to get her mom and dad to sign a waiver so she could come. And like the very first, the very first call we took was just this dude that was super belligerent, belligerent to the officers that were on, to me, to her. And it was, like, instant. Like, I was worried that we were going to be, like, let's take her back. It was too much. But she yeah. had that that little twinkle in her eye. I was like, oh, she's hooked.
2: Yeah, that's a defining <laughs> moment. Either you're hooked or you're just done at that with something. Right. Like.
0: I feel that's good, though, because then there's no question. There's not, Absolutely. do I get into this and spend a lot of school and time and money right. doing this? Or it's, like, it's very clear. It's like, nope, I have a great appreciation for those that do this or... I want to get right. into the mess
1: with it, you know? Right. That's good. That's yeah. a, you know, a lot of times that's why I do that. I'll have people that mention they want to do it. And I'm like, well, let's do this first. Let's come right along and see. Because you'll know. Because we've had too many people that have come through that'll do, like, all the education, right? They'll do EMT and then go straight to paramedic. Never having ran a call or other than clinicals. Then they'll get on the road and just be like, oh. This isn't for me. I'm out. And now you spent like two and a half years or whatever it is. Yeah. Spent the money, you know, all that.
0: Yeah. So, so what did you do after that? You had that experience and then what does it look like since? Um,
2: Well, that I was pretty much focused on the EMS part after that. And I started at Swartz just as a baby. I don't think I was even 21 yet. Or maybe I just, no, I wasn't 21 yet. And... And I found out about county that does both the police and the medic. Yeah. But it was really hard for me to leave sports. That was my family. They treated me great. The people I worked with were great. It was really hard to leave there.
1: Okay. I remember that. I remember all that. I remember. So when I was doing my EMT, it was, it was, I was on Grand Blank Fire Department and they had aspirations of running medicals. So the chief sent a bunch of us. And so at that time, the classroom, for the EMT classroom, was behind where our station 2 was. So it was at Beecher and Ballinger and those trailers. Yep. I remember you and Aaron Brown would come all, like, every time we were there, He because it was he was on the fire department with us. Yeah. So you guys would come roll through. Yeah. And it was fascinating. So you're going through the class, and there's these, keep seeing these people that are already doing it. You know what I mean? It was like. I don't know. It was cool to me. I can remember people. I know people that went through that class that never did anything other than take that class.
2: Yeah. I, don't I, think I really tested. think you have to experience it hands on. You can listen to anyone you want. Everybody is going to tell you a different story of what they think about it because you have some people that like the job and they're not necessarily bad at it. They're good at it, but their experience is different than someone that feels like they're supposed to be in this job. And then mm-hmm. you can't even begin to explain
1: some of the stuff you see on calls. Like
2: you just have to see it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's true. Well, you can, actually came on a couple ride-alongs with me, and one well, of my partners was Shannon, and so she's she's got a little taste. You know, I think that one day we saw just about everything.
2: Oh, that's you a know. good ride-along, then.
0: It was really. I mean, it was almost. Like every hour and hour and a half, like we get kind of settled from the one call and have maybe like what twenty minutes or half an hour, and then we get like they yeah. go off again and we go and um. But it was a completely different pace than what I had any comprehension of. Like I don't think, I and especially seeing their demeanor and the way that they like we talked about this before. Their nonverbals, the way they didn't communicate, the way they just engaged with patients and stuff. I mean, it was it was really neat to see all that. Um, and then I felt really protected, too, because we didn't see anything too extreme where I felt like I had to super decompress for a few weeks after. You know, or like, you just don't know how all that's going to... But I'm like, we're just... I just felt extremely humbled and honored to be able to go into those circumstances. And, you know, just to be received in like that was just really kind of incredible and I remember one of the calls that we went on there is one, one of the guys from the fire department we ended up kind of chatting for a little bit and he was like so are you a student and I'm like no <laughs> you know, like, I you know like I I got all dressed in uniform type clothing so that you know it was all appropriate and I wasn't in sneakers and day clothes and stuff um but you know to to explain that I was, you know, had my bachelor's in accounting, but I'm doing a ride along because I want to see what Jim does and all this stuff. It was, it was just, it was neat. It was neat. to feel Like such an outsider and, but then be welcomed in like that. It was just, it was cool. So.
2: Yeah. It's a good experience. It's funny you say it's fast paced because I think when you do it for so long, you don't realize that that's just your speed through any part of your (laughs) life. Now you just don't slow down for anything. You're, you're just used to being right. busy, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And like the ability to go from completely like fever dream asleep to like fully engage in making accurate decisions. Yes. Is something that that's just, I think it's a pretty incredible skill set. But yeah. just the ability to, you know, snap to like
0: that. Oh, for sure. Because so, there's, I mean, I know in my mind, a lot of that day was what is the next call going to be? What is the next call going to be? And to be able to just be in that zone of it's going to be what it is. And I can't spend all that extra energy doing all the what ifs. I just <laughs> got to walk See, in. I think that's it. the
2: best part of the job is you just, it's not a desk job. You're not doing the same paperwork every day, yeah. same meetings every day. It's
1: always something different. So it keeps you on your toes. That's cool. Oh yeah. So then fast forward to the county. I'm a, I don't remember all this. This is when kind of you like left Swartz, and when I started doing your thing there. Um, we will come back around because there's a situation that you and I found ourselves on just before you left. That we'll get to. Oh, you're going to talk about it, but <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that too. That's way later. But oh, it was a call we had. So, like, did you go? You went to the academy. Did you spend a lot of time in the jail?
2: I didn't spend a whole
1: day in the jail. Really?
2: Yeah. I got really lucky. I just, it just happened to be the perfect time when I hired in. And I did like a week or two ride time with the medics that were already on. And then I went right to the academy.
1: Oh, sweet. Yeah. And do you, has that been the thing? Like you seem to enjoy being out there. Do you like the cop work and all that stuff? I love it.
2: It's changing because the world's changing. And it's a totally different environment, but I still love my job. And there's still, you know, I don't think any of us go into this looking for appreciation, but it's nice when you hear it sometimes, you know, because you really are out there trying to help,
1: you know, as much as you can. Right. Right. Well, like the narrative, you know, is is what's controlling what's happening out there. Yeah. Like every single well, Most people. But all of us that work in, in like the first responder community understand what's really going on. And we understand that like here, like you don't know, it. I, I don't know, maybe you do know people in Minnesota, but you don't know any Minneapolis cops and you don't know the people in those situations. And as horrible as they are, that all of these things have happened, that's like really not on you guys, except for because of the way the narrative is told and the stories are pressed out there. It is. So that's gotta be a pretty incredible responsibility to walk around and bear the weight of all that stuff. It and is still because do your all group together. Right. You know.
2: I am a firm believer if you go in there and you treat that person as a human and they can see that, you know, you're actually not a bad person, you're actually not a bad cop or a bad medic. Right.
1: It all does seriously does come down to leak each call at a time.
2: Yes. You have to deal with each one individually.
1: Right. And like we've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's this rare gift we all have. And I think it goes from uh, fire department, EMS, police officers, docs, and nurses that whatever just happened, like the prior patient or prior call you just did or whatever, the next person has no knowledge of what just happened. And it's no matter how bad it is, no matter how just flat out lame it was, you know. And so that is one of the things I think we you would agree that's just a gift to have that in our skill set. Just absolutely. You know what I mean, so we're gonna we're gonna wheel back. So Ashley, Emily, and I have some experiences together, but this one, this is just before she left Swartz. Okay. And we're working together. She's my medic partner, and we get called for uh, unresponsive mail or something like this. So we just just around the corner from where our base was. We go in, and there's this kid who's, like, 20 or 21 and just, like, like he's gone. Like, like he dead. Dead, dead. And there's this woman, like, haphazardly doing CPR. Do you oh, remember you're talking this?
2: about Court Street. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes. So what had happened was she – they were partying or whatever. She was, like, I think my age now back then, and this dude was 20 or 21. And they were, finger quote, partying. And she gave him a bunch of liquid morphine, right, which killed him. But we get there, and she's just, like, not really knowing. And both of us walk in, and we're like, oh. (laughs) Sometimes you have these cases where you instantly know that you're going to end up in court.
2: Oh, yeah. Instantly. (laughs)
1: Like, you walk through the door, like, oh, we're going to court. For sure. Yeah. And so this woman is spilling her guts to Emily and I'm just taking equipment back out. Cause you get to a situation there's nothing we can do. They've expired and it's too far. It's been too long. Nothing we could do. So I'm taking all our equipment back out. And this woman just spilling her guts to what had happened to Emily. And then it's this big long scenario where we had to stay there. We were there for a couple hours. A very long time. <laughs> we're like, we're waiting for people to figure out what jurisdiction, was it the city, was it the county, who's oh, going to take this yeah. case. Body. So we're just kind of, so as luck would have it, we did end up going to court and it was just, it was just one of those things. One of the things about like, when you go to court in this world, like EMS or police world, for me, every time I've experienced they talk normal, yeah. like we're talking and then they explain what's going to happen. And then you go in and get on the witness stand and they bang, you swear in and all this stuff. And then it's like you're actually in the middle of law and order. Yeah. It's as if it goes, kung kung. The demeanor so
2: changes.
1: Dr- <laughs> yeah, they get all dramatic. And the way they talk. And like, like what?
2: who are you? You are not who what? I was talking to a second ago.
1: It is so, there is so much trauma that's added in, it's comical.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you have you seen uh the Steve Martin Pink Panther? He he, he thinks he's doing good cop bad cop, but he doesn't realize that there's supposed to be another person that does this with him. So he goes back in and out being both good cop bad cop. That's uh-huh. totally what that reminds me of. Is like I mean, I feel like so... I
2: probably have been there myself a couple times. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So and that was that was a, a thing, you know, ended up in court. At the time I we went to court, she was in, Emily was in the academy. So it's just interesting how they do because the attorneys tried to play this game of, yeah, well, all this information is no good because she didn't Mirandize the guy. But like we were all like she wasn't a cop. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I would say those things and, and giggle because I thought it was dumb the way they were behaving. And this dude would be so mad. And, and it just makes it.
2: them pick harder.
1: <laughs> well, Because I don't, I don't have information. Like what they want, I can't tell them because I wasn't there. Right. And they get yeah. super mad because every question, I would just say, I cannot speak to that, sir. I was her EMT partner. I was just bringing equipment in and out. It's well, the did the lady say fun. this? Phrase yeah. different. I can't speak to that. I was bringing equipment back out of the house. And they get super mad and it's so funny.
2: Yeah, you really got the easy end out of that
1: court case. Yeah, no, that was, that was bad. That <laughs> was That's why he was bringing <laughs> the me, equipment was. in
0: and out. He's oh. like, oh. Ah.
1: <laughs> no, that went, it went way differently for you, right? They were like.
2: Yeah, they grilled <laughs> me. They were talking about As if like high school with me. And I, I think they were just trying to get me mad. So I would like they wanted me to slip up, but I was telling the truth. You know, there's nothing for me to slip up on, so.
1: Right. I yeah, mean, you're challenging, you're challenging the timeline of everything.
2: Right next to you.
1: Oh we my might goodness! Be the truth, Ashley. This woman, the, the defendant, when the judge came in, all rise, the whole courtroom gets <laughs> up, and she was like snoring. Man. she was out cold. For the she whole was hot, but she was out. This like. Yeah. <sniffs> it's crazy. No
2: yeah
1: you know like to this day every time i pass that house i think of that call like every time. i do I
2: too call, I, think, I do yeah. too i'll never <laughs> i think that was my first court case ever too
1: yeah yeah i've had a few since then and it's just always the same whoever the defense is or whatever they're trying to trip you up on your timeline and your story and yeah and what they always fail to realize is that we're reading off of like our charting from the call yes they, uh, they ask when they called on the phone, and you were in the academy at the time, but they call it Swartz, and I have to talk to the prosecutor. And I'm, like, literally reading your chart, you know, and everything that happened. And the dude asked me if we were twins. Are you guys twins or something? I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we are not. And he's like, but you're, like, you're saying exactly to like, verbatim. The same thing. I'm like, dude, did you not? You like, Were you not in school? Did they have law at law school? Yeah. Like, I'm reading a legal document that she wrote. Yeah. I'm just reading here, bro. <laughs> That's why I tell Actually, it was crazy. Out. Be detailed. Oh, yeah. Be detailed. Okay. It's incredible. And, like, mm-hmm. these guys, for all that they know, like, on that case, they had no idea that it was a legal document. So the prosecutor is like, how do I get a hold of that? I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll just bring it with me tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> i like,
2: make you an extra cup. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: like, do I need to subpoena that? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> I'll bring one anyways.
0: Crazy.
1: It's just a weird, weird job. And it's, what's interesting is so all these people, like the medics that Emily and I kind of grew up under, like came behind, you know, it's like really how it forms you. Because, you know, I medic different than she does, but we both, you know, we both tech calls way different than the medics coming up now. Oh, yeah. And it just, it just changes and grows and evolves and stuff like that. I mean, like I read stuff, so I keep up on what's current and whatnot, but it's just like the style of doing it, the demeanor of doing it, it's, it changes so much. It's super interesting. And I would imagine the guys that are all pretty much all retired now, Look back, and we're saying the same things when we were coming up. Yeah. It was just super interesting.
2: Those were good times. I'm really sad for almost everyone
1: that's new in EMS that they couldn't experience the old EMS days. So, to bring that into context for you, Ashley, before there was not, we weren't direct dispatched by center. We were, everybody had bases or running 24 hour shifts. It wasn't so. I mean, it, obviously, it's monetized. It's private EMS, but it wasn't so like competitive. So we would all just hang out. We would take a, take a call, be at the hospital, talk to everybody, you know, everybody. It was
2: really one big family.
1: Yeah. No other way to describe it than that. hmm And it's just not now. No. Nope. And now, even, like, in the past probably six weeks, it's devolved into something that's just... Like we've talked a little bit about it, I think on the show, but we're so short-handed. Yeah, you know, there's just no time for chuck for small talk, really. Mm-hmm. You know, the hospitals are just full, so no matter what, people are going to the waiting room. You know, and it's it's just so different. Yeah, It's like mind- guys seeing <laughs> like the call? Yeah, like where calls are pending. I keep getting where it's like the priority one case, and I'll say call held you know, or calls been pending and it'll be like a minute or three minutes or something waiting for available unit.
2: Um, That kind of happened with us before all this happened with the shortage, but now I think it's even more important that we're quick to clear because we're going to be there and our rig is coming, you know, from Benton going to Clio from forever. Oh, right. I'm sorry. What? My ambulance coming from where?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. It's, it's nuts that's all the time too yeah it's just it used to be where you would question it i'm like there's no way that i'm the only available unit from you know bristol and saginaw to forest township there's no way and then we would pass like three or four trucks on the way now it's just, it just is what it is yeah it's try- going for days
2: one call at a time it's all you can mm-hmm.
1: do yep try to enjoy it yep yep i can remember though because you guys don't really run like police work in the city all that often do you or do you know
2: i kind of moonlight halftime as a city officer i feel like <laughs> i'm always in the city we don't take a lot of their papers i gotcha but we'll go back them up you know if i'm close to something i'm not
1: just gonna not go yeah yeah i can remember a couple summers ago we were just down like Mackin from hurley and me and my partner got sent for something and like on the radio They gave me my favorite thing. They tell us on the ambulances is advise if you'll need PD. This is like right after they tell us this dude has already said that if first responders show up, he's gonna be ready to fight. Advise if you need PD, and I was like, that was the day I told you on the radio. I'm like, okay. The thing they'll do is they'll say for the tape, what's your location? Mm -hmm. And so the dispatcher said that, and I go for the tape. I want you to say again that you want me to go on scene where there's trouble. And then let you know afterwards if there's PD and yeah. then no response. But you and another deputy came that I can yeah. remember you came on that scene sideways. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I still scan the email <laughs> yes. even though we're not on it yes. Yes. <laughs> just to listen. If you guys ever, I don't like you guys going into that stuff, especially something like that. And even slumpers, you guys going into those alone, make me nervous because you're waking someone up out of either, you know, a drunken, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, You're waking them up and scaring them. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially when I'm sure their experiences are, Uh, it's not like it would have probably been the first time that they've been jumped or mugged or harmed. Right. So that's their experience. Yeah.
1: I would say the slumper for me, and I've obviously never done a traffic stop, but it's like the traffic stop for most officers. I can't stand slumpers. So usually I'll get on the, I'll lay on our air horn you know and see if they move and then i'll approach but a lot of times they'll be out cold car running in gear
2: that's a very accurate comparison
1: yeah 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 i don't yeah i don't like anything about it because you yeah, never know
2: no you don't know and you don't know if they have something on them or something in their hand under their leg while they're slumped over and yeah right
1: you know. yeah yeah and some people just love to go on there with lack of guns blazing, but just very, just boldly go in. and I don't know. That's not my style. My partner, I don't, don't do that that way. Because you're old school. <laughs> old period. <laughs> yeah,
2: I feel you. We all got old.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure did. So we need to come back to something. Like I said, Emily and I have some pretty incredible experiences, but one, one time when we were at our base, this is real stuff, Ashley. So we're in our base and we're just chilling, and all of a sudden, this other coworker of ours comes there, and I think he was waiting on a prescription from like the Walgreens that was right next to our base. And so we're in there, and this is gross. So we're in there, and he like getting something, some pots and pans. I don't even remember, but when he would bend to bend over, what we see is saggy, his pants sag down. And we see bee cheeks and a thong, dude, a thong. My,
2: not just a thong. <laughs> it was a blue sparkly thong.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so I didn't know she saw it. So like the way the room was set up, there was a couch on one wall and the other side of the room. There's another couch. So she is laying on one couch. I'm laying on the other. And I like wouldn't even make eye contact. Like I knew. But if I looked at her...
2: (laughs) I think I was looking at you like, bro, did you see that? Like, tell me you saw that. (laughs)
1: Like, no. No eye contact, just holding my breath until this dude left. (laughs) Then I was like, yeah. When he bent over, and then it was it. I think (laughs) it was so funny. It was like (laughs) one of the most funniest things of all time.
2: I don't know if he does... I don't think he knows
1: even that He has no idea that we even witnessed such a... Terrifying situation.
2: Oh, you just it never know, so
1: <laughs> That one shocked me. Oof. It was like, but these oh. are the things that happen. These are the memories.
0: Like you like can't from, make that stuff up.
1: No, you can't. Oh gosh. You should I mean, you shouldn't have seen it. I want to say you should have seen it, but it was so bad.
2: Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I don't even have any
1: words. It was an experience. <laughs> it was <laughs> so like do you have any reg- would you say any regrets to being in ems or police work like has there ever been any period of time when you're like man i should have done i mean we all have seasons of like where we're burnt out and stuff but
2: yeah i don't it's funny because or er, my sergeant says all the time you know you have a bad day and you come in here and you're like, I'm done. I'm not doing this, but I know you're just going to go right out there and keep working and doing your job. So I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. I have, right. we all have bad days. We have off days. We have days where nothing goes right. But that's true. You kind of get this sense that you, you are doing what you were put on this earth to do. Right. And if you don't feel that way, you should not be doing this. And I think there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. And that's, It comes out on calls with their attitude or their, you know, the way they are. And it's either a job you are fully into
1: or you shouldn't do. Right. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely true. I would say what I like to tell people when they have like a stretch where they are they seem like they're burnt out is to always kind of reset and remember why you started in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. And take it back to there. But it's absolutely true that there's, if you're not a hundred percent invested, like if this isn't like part of who you are, this you just have no business.
2: Nope. And I think that's why people leave and come back or switch and, you know, hoping something will get better. And you just kind of learn after a while, I'm going to have some really bad days. I'm going to have days where I see stuff I don't want to see or not get along with, you know co-workers or whoever but if you're meant to be in it you know that that's going to pass mm-hmm. is what it is tomorrow's a new day yeah. yeah well
0: i don't think the goal is that everything's going to go smooth every day the goal is to go in and make an impact and do something about what you're able to do you know right. so i think the episode that we had last with pastor carl he said you know he just expects people to people and so he doesn't go into work just assuming that everything's going to go smoothly. He goes in expecting that there's going to be things that you got to do and navigate, and it alleviates a lot of that stress right. to have everything go a certain way, um, and then being able to reframe the purpose of what you're right. going in for in the first place. So no, that's that's that's, really that's good. why we have a job because chaos happens. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the chaos. So that's yeah. you know what right. you're walking into. Are you? Do you think you're more equipped and better prepared because you did EMS first? Like, if you would have switched around, just went right into the police academy or something instead, do you think, like, are you, I mean, it is what you know now because that's what you did.
2: I think it was it was good. I wouldn't want to come to the county trying to learn how to do two jobs. Like, be, you know, be a police officer and be a medic at the same time. Because okay. they're both hard jobs. And the medic, you have so much stuff you have to learn. And I was just like a shy, you know, naive baby 20-year-old when I started at Swartz. I I don't want to say I was sheltered from the world, but there was a lot of bad out there that I just, I didn't know existed. Yeah. Right. So I think it helped for me to get to where I'm at today.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, we have have an almost 15-year-old. She's our firstborn. And she consecutively over the past year continues to say that she wants to go into law enforcement, that she wants to become a police officer. So <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm like, well, why don't why, why don't you do some ride-alongs and do EMS first, right. and and then do that, and we'll do like the skill center or whatever. We'll get we'll get in that, and we'll do whatever. And she's like, no, I really, and I mean, she. She's definitely the one that like she's gotten into it with kids at school because they weren't doing things a certain way and stuff. So she's definitely. Oh, the first she one sounds that, like a little me. Yeah. <laughs> but she's I, def- just our home and the way that we've like raised them. I, I feel like there's that little bit of she just doesn't even know. But we yeah. also want to be so open with conversations and things like that, too. So she's not unaware that like she's got friends that have gone through stuff and we've got family members that have gone through stuff and right. And so I, I don't know other than just getting her connected with the people that I know, like, I, I don't even know where to start, you know, with that, but I'm, I'm both a little bit petrified and incredibly honored that my kid would want to do something at that level. You know, I thought she would love EMS too. If she got into it,
2: my son is now just going to be 21 next month, which oh, is my
1: gosh, man!
2: Isn't that make you feel old? <laughs> Makes me <feel laughs> old. But I constantly he got to the point where I would come home and just hug him, and he he just knew he just hugged me back because he knew it's because I had a bad day or I hit had, had a kid call, which seems to follow me around, and I always worried like he's he's going to want to be a cop or he's going to want to be an EMS, and he went so far differently. <laughs> with his career choices. Cause that's a hard thing. You want to encourage your child to do what they want to do because yeah. you have to be happy with what you're doing, right. you know? Absolutely. But the world's becoming a scarier and scarier place. And those are our babies.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I feel like, like well, you do have to be straightforward and honest, but you got to encourage too. Like yeah. I saw a recent thread where people were saying, would you like encourage someone to go into healthcare? Or whatever and everybody was like nope 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 and I was like yeah That's man it's like
0: yeah because we like, need nobody in healthcare.
1: <laughs> well and the oh same th- th- it goes down the whole kind of the whole gambit of the of the thing right like if if my kids wanted to do EMS or fire or whatever or, or law enforcement absolutely it's the world I grew up in you know what I mean I was encouraged into this by a dude we refer to we refer to as uncle that wasn't our blood uncle and it's like the seventies, I was like eight years old and seeing this dude on the fire truck or coming home in his uniform, that little, I'm like, I'm really that guy that saw that. And I was like, I'm going to do that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: That is what I want to do. And like, so, which is why I got to paramedic and I don't need, I didn't need to go be a nurse, you know, law enforcement's not my thing, but like you got to encourage, there's gotta be another generation. And that's how I look at it. Like, what are we going to do if nobody encourages anybody to ever do this again?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because people are still going to get sick. People are still going to crash cars. People are still going to do crimes. People like, it's all, there's got to be. So there's that fine line of of being honest, but also being encouraging. Absolutely. Because someone's got to do it.
2: And she might, she might try it and think full on. That's what she wants to do. And she goes out and she sees some stuff or does it for a little bit and just decides I, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. And then you do what parents do. You're there to catch them when they fall. You've supported them, encouraged them, but they got to figure it out, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what we've kind of discussed. We're like, you know, you'll either figure out that absolutely this will confirm a lot of things, or you'll have that much more of an appreciation for the folks that do it. And you'll have a bit of a window into their world So, you know, that makes you that Mm -hmm. much more of that community, you know, Mm -hmm. together as we all do, you know, all do our stuff. So, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And then Isaac, Isaac, I asked him, he's like building, he's, he's (laughs) six he's six, Emily. He's going to be seven in June. <laughs> so I take what he has to say with a little bit of a grain of salt. Right. And, uh, he still loves lining up all his cars. He's got a whole city made in his room today. And I'm like, so buddy, you think maybe like you'd be a city planner or something. Maybe you can like do construction or whatever. He's like, no, mom, I want to be a police officer. I want to drive around and catch people going too fast. And I'm like, okay, well, that's two out of four now, you know, that's like, the
2: that's perks. great. <laughs> that's what sucked you in. I remember watching Cops all the time. I mean, my sister and brother would want to change the channel. I'm like, nope, this, um, it's on, I'm watching it. And it's so different even from watching those shows. Oh, for sure, you know? for sure. But that's what it's, it's the unknown, you know, and. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say like a nosy part of human nature, but you're, you get to peek into someone else's world and. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: yep, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, we'll kind of land the plane here, but like, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. We appreciate you. Um, We'd like to kind of give final thoughts, like a little word of encouragement. So if you had anything you could say to these, these kids, we'll call them coming up now, coming up, like let's, let's do this words of encouragement for these EMTs and paramedics. They got licensed and came on their road on the road in 2020. To you're a paramedic now. Welcome to COVID. What would you say to to these guys that are just getting started?
2: You know, I feel like they just need to know that you you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I learn new things every day, and you just have to be able to swallow pride enough and look for help. You know, talk to someone. If you've had a bad day, you're burnt out because the the stress with COVID is extreme. That's a rough way to come into EMS. Right. But if you can hold on and survive that and just literally live call by call, you know, moment by moment, then you'll make it through there.
1: Right. You can't
2: let it consume you. And it's so easy to do.
1: Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing too. I would agree with that is uh, just not and uh, not making it life. Yes. You know, I've been, you know, I did in the military before this and it's a different kind of job. You know, it is consuming and it does take all of your focus. And I have people that'll say, well, like, like my family comes first and I'll stop what I'm doing to talk to them. Well, we don't have that luxury. Right. Right. You know, you can't, you can't stop what you're doing and take a time out a lot of the time. So just like like you said, Emily, just go call by call, moment by moment. And you have to figure out a way to shut it down when you're not yeah. in service. And not necessarily by, I mean, not necessarily by partying all the time.
2: No, that's that definitely doesn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. But I think talking to people that do the job... It's better talking to someone that doesn't because especially for someone that, you know, really is in their fields. Like me, I'm, I carry a lot with me and I, it took me a long time to learn how to deal with it and talk to people, but I need someone to understand what I'm saying to feel like I can get it off my chest. And I think that's a huge thing that people need to do when they get to that point.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. So Ashley, anything?
0: I there's a, I've been I don't know I feel like there's sometimes there's episodes like this where I just like taking it all in and then there's like all this stuff oh, in my cool. brain trying to process all this stuff but you know I, I think that we can get inside of our own heads and just do all this mess um, worry about stuff fixate on things we can't control and a lot of that stuff is valid I think we can. You know, I think last week we talked about it's okay that something is extremely difficult, and you know that it's going to be okay. Like you feel debilitated by it, but you know, Mm. like you can take a deep breath and tomorrow's coming too. So I think to give ourselves that permission to do both, permission to be such a depth of a person, yeah, um, and then permission to be hopeful and know that I can make a difference. Like I think for me, so much. You know, growing up being told we can all make a difference and then growing up and realizing the world really doesn't change in a lot of ways. But yet we can impact a life and people can change, but yet people don't change all the same. You know, there's all this stuff. And so I think to be fueled by our purpose, strengthened by our faith and our relationships and our community and all these things and to not lose focus and yet give ourselves permission to lose focus all at the same time.
2: That's like the biggest thing. Everything in the world tells you now just you need to be strong. You can't feel this. You can't feel that. And you have to or you're never going to make it through life. You have to feel it and then move on and either learn from it or change something with it. Absolutely.
1: That's a that's an everybody problem, but largely a dude problem. I tell people that all the time, like control your emotions doesn't mean ignore your emotions.
0: But it's also like on the flip side of that. If I feel everything, well, then I'm just being an emotional woman. I'm just being super emotional. <laughs> you know because what I mean? That's been drilled, you know, into right. the
2: world, the movies, the news. I mean, that's what women are portrayed as. Oh, they're just being emotional. Or right. It's, right. it's that time, you know. Right. And, and it's we, okay. Everybody had a, what?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right?
1: I do know. But how did we get there so quickly? That was I abrupt. am so
0: sorry. But you know what? I think that this is where, like, we're we're so made daughters. to be now in. Just, uh, I know. You got three, too, man. But, I mean, to be, we're supposed to be in relationship to one another. And we're supposed to lean in on each other's strengths and be there for one another. So, I think all those dynamics to be somebody that maybe verbalizes it better or processes it out loud or be someone that more internalizes it and has to work through it in a different way. That's, it's all okay, mm-hmm. but to do something about it and not ignore it. And then to realize too, like you can shove it all down, but then you end up shoving all the emotions down. So if we fixate, on not being angry and not feeling sad well then you're pushing all the joy and all the other things down too like you can't just pick and choose what emotions you want to no, feel. so you have to live through it to move on to the next one absolutely so good
1: good stuff well thanks again i'm gonna close it here that was too good i'm not gonna say anything else you guys get the last word love
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so good I'm yeah, like, thank you so much for coming on you're and- welcome good. and i will come meet your daughter one day Thank
1: you. You're welcome. Well, right on. I'm going to close this out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Check us out on Instagram. I've made an abrupt exit from Facebook. Sorry about that, but not sorry. Yeah, that's it. House Church tomorrow, 6 to 7.30. We'll see you then. Join us. Boom. All right.